Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio and the Red Maryland Network coming to you. From the Red Maryland Command Monker, I am Brian Griffiths, coming to you from the Jim Plunkett studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here, guys. Good to be here. Continuing social distancing. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I have this. We have to to wear these now, so I can't do it with the headphones on. I've taken the headphones off. No, no. It's it's a look. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you put on a... The man's got a law degree, but can't work the man. No, I got. Oh, okay. Now it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. Now you're challenging me. Yes. There you go. And where did you get that love? We're on Antifa now. I was gonna say, yeah, you're you're a Molotov cocktail and a black hat away from being either a uh, either in the black hole at the new Raider Stadium or Antifa. It's not cool enough for the black hole. Don't give it. My my wife Fair. made this. It's just a cloth mask. We're you know Brian. I know many things. You know Brian. We're all in this together. So I heard. We're gonna get through it. That's all you hashtag, need to know. This is hashtag Maryland unites. That's right. That's right. We're all in this together, folks. Again, as as many people have already stated, um, this is the situation where it is a group project, and a couple of idiots are screwing it up for everybody. They're not, but they're not screwing it up. We'll get into that in a second. Open I up know, the show. I know. We will talk more about that. We will talk about the latest in. The... We're going to get through it, folks. We're going to get through it. <laughs> We're going to talk about the latest here in Maryland with the COVID nineteen pandemic. We're also we going are. to talk about guys. It's budget season for counties. <laughs> and uh, I wrote a piece over at redmaryland.com, talk, redmaryland.com. It's easy for me to say, talking a little bit about that. And you know what? We're going to have fun with President Trump's press conferences. Did he really call Larry Hogan a rhino? Did he really get a question about Tiger King and and, and pardoning Joe Exotic? Yeah. We probe these deep questions and more later on during this episode. Uh, well, but between Brian and I, we watched it so you didn't have to. So we'll, we'll share that with you later. Yeah. So let's talk about the latest here in Maryland, Greg. The Fortunately, week, whatever. It's been How long is the hair going? This it's is a special Wednesday. Hey, I shaved today. Good for you. Good for today. you. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make me look any better, but I, I did shave. If you look well, less. Well, you're being self effacing. I don't think you need. Know, I'm sure you're well, with fine. This, with this a face. Ha! Ah! Waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're another weekend. Um, uh, we'll talk about the governor's press conference from earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, over the weekend, he had some new rules. Didn't have to have a press conference for it. Which, by the way, governor, I know, and I know he listens to this show. Believe me, um, governor, you don't have to have press conference for everything. Just if you're going to issue some new rules, just issue new rules, man. Um. As as few press conferences as possible, please. Uh, we can't take it, okay? We can't t- until you got something good to say. Just you know, just put out a press release. Your guy Mike does a great job putting that stuff out there. The media will cover. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so you know, the problem in the nursing homes has gotten bad, right? Oh, it, it's very bad. It's yeah. very bad. So they're trying to deal with it. 
And sadly, we knew it was going to get bad there because, look, anytime you have a population that is most most susceptible or more susceptible right. to this disease and you have those folks living in a concentrated space. I mean, this is not anything different than when the cold or the flu or you know, any other seasonal disease rolls through a nursing home. This happens all the time. Okay, well, I don't... The problem, the problem of course, being this disease is much more dangerous and it's much sure. more deadly sure. than any of those other diseases. I, I'm so. not... I, I've certainly had relatives who were in nursing... And every nursing home is kind of different. Some of them have separate rooms. Right. and But we've had rules in place for a long time. Aggressive actions, mm-hmm. we're told by the governor. We're going to break down that nomenclature a little later aggressive actions early on you haven't been able to go visit anybody they've had rules some people obviously weren't following the rules as closely as they were but they also seem to be surprised and this is something you're hearing from other places as well a month ago these really smart doctors that we keep being told how smart they are didn't think you could you could transmit this disease if you were asymptomatic they were wrong okay um Maybe some of them knew, but that wasn't the comp. That wasn't the the consensus view, because you know we're ruled by the scientific consensus now. It's working great, and so this is part of how it got it. Because we did have, we kept we kept people out, so it was only employees. They were trying to be as safe as they could. You were having the 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 residents as much as possible separated from one another. But you had workers who didn't know they had it because we don't have testing. We still don't have testing. Who knows if we'll have testing that'll be anywhere near reliable and universal anytime in the near future. Um, and that's part of how it got in. Now, that now what happened in Carroll County was a bit more egregious. You don't need to go on all the details of that because you had people saying, this is crazy, yelling at people. And I love the quote from the health department person when they got in there. It's like, well, maybe you should have yelled louder. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> um but it, but that one's, but that one's scary. So I guess my point is, Brian, you said we knew it was going to happen. Um, we didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, the point was we are taking all these aggressive, and I think there's there is a lesson here to what you're saying. And let's start with this. Governor came out on Monday. Um, a couple weeks ago, he said we're going to be like New York. We're, you know, uh, everybody was preparing. This week's going to be Pearl Harbor. Okay. Um, numbers have, have gone up, you know, the day-to-day numbers have had some fluctuation, um, but it hasn't been anywhere near the worst case scenario. So now, and the, and the models are being tamped down. Okay. My guess is you're going to forget that you still, that a week ago, you still thought there'd be 5 billion deaths or two weeks ago. You're probably backing away from that. Like an NFL defenseman, um, which is good, but. It also calls into question a couple things. Number one, were, were, were the projections, you know, now we're hearing, well, the projections were, were high, but that assumed we didn't do anything. Well, who assumed we didn't do anything when we were literally doing something? The whole point of that, the whole point of that chart they keep showing us was the high pointy curve was if we did nothing, and then the flattened one was if we did something. Well, not only did we flatten it, but it looks like we're well below that little dotted line, which is... You know, the maximum ICU capacity, which is great. That's a good thing. That yes, was, it is. That's, that's a success of the policy. So, so it, it worked. 
Now the question is, it, now the question we'll get to a little later is whether it was worth what it's going to cost to do that. But it's clearly working. And working more than, you talked about, you know, maybe some people ruining it. Nobody's ruining it. We maybe have a little, no one wants to say this, of course, maybe we have a little room for error here, which gets into the next phase of this thing. So that's what the governor came out and said, and he was kind of, you know, the tone last week. Um, last, I, what did, what, when was his? Was it last Friday? He had the press conference, or uh, was it last Thursday? Thursday? Yeah. You know, he was a little more somber. To th- this one, he was he he had toured this additional this facility that had been set up for extra beds, which luckily we don't seem to be needing right now, which is great. Uh, maybe we'll need it in the future. Maybe we won't. Um, but he was, he, he, you know, he, he's certainly not going to say mission accomplished or anything like that, but he's, he's acknowledging the fact, which are undeniable that this isn't as bad as we thought it was is going to be. It's getting worse. We still need more stuff from the fed. So I, I still want to play it up as being bad, but you know, my, and this is the balance. And I want you to get, I want you to respond to this. Right. Because the governor wants to, on the one hand, and this is all the governor now. Let's be real clear. This isn't the legislature. This isn't the feds. This is the governor. Okay? The governor took these actions. All these things are are, are um, executive orders that he's put out. Okay? The clo- Well, the closing schools comes from the superintendent. I understand that. Well, but that's... But, but that, is that his direction, yeah. Yeah. So I'll give, I'll give a little bit on that. But closing down essential businesses... Eventually, the stay at home, sending the state police out, empowering the local health departments to shut people down if they're still allowed to work, but they're not doing it safely. That's all the governor, right? Shutting down all the entertainment places, all this stuff. That's all the governor. And he he will give you the litany at the beginning of every press conference of the aggressive actions that he took. Okay. Um, It's working. Okay. So... He does. He wants to take credit for the success that, hey, by the way, this worked. But at the same time, he doesn't want he doesn't want people to feel like we've you know mission accomplished because as soon as you start saying it works, and tomorrow morning we'll get another, and we'll talk about unemployment. People right. are going to start saying, okay, it worked. Can we go back to work now? Can we start loosening things up a little bit? And he doesn't and he doesn't want to do that. The thing that he said at the press conference was he kept saying two things at the press conference that kind of drove me nuts a little bit. Number one, he said the decision to open up is going to be it's going to be a tougher decision than shutting things down. It's going to be the toughest, tough decisions. I remember the last governor talked about all the really tough decisions he had to make. Maybe you do, too, Brian. I do. Um, It was kind of hollow then. It's kind of hollow now. Um, it sounds, I mean, it, it is a tough decision, but he's surrounded by these really, really smart doctors. He kept saying how smart the doctors were. Okay. So the decision he's got to make is if the policy that we have now is working, if there's a huge cost to the benefit that we're receiving, he's got to make a really tough decision about when to open it back up. Toughest decision he's got to make. It's all on him. Winners and losers in this. Okay. Is he only going to be listening still? And I know I've been saying this every week. Is he still going to be listening to those really smart doctors? Or can he have in the room 
a couple of really smart economists, a couple of, a couple of smart economic development people. Can he have his budget secretary in there? Because the, the state budget's blown up. The governor's already admitted that. It's a mess. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Because now we're at a point, okay, we've argued, you can argue the numbers, was it overhyped, was it scaremongering, whatever. doesn't matter. We're here where we are. The decision that we're in right now is whether we, when and how do we start to open it up. Right. Okay. Um, probably through the end of the month, nothing's going to change. It's just the way it is. And the feds are doing that. Fine. That, but May 1, we got to seriously start about, think about opening this up. I think. I think we got to do it next week but so the question so i want to get your reaction because that's what he kept talking i kept talking about i got a really tough decision to make it's gonna be really tough but the only people he seems to be talking to are these really smart doctors that he, he kept talking about how smart they were and i'm thinking yeah. well if all you're gonna to listen to is a bunch of smart doctors you're not gonna open anything up okay there's a lot obviously to break down there yeah Go ahead. um one, I, I will say this, one of the doctors that he is talking to that he has just brought on to his advisory team is Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who's a former FDA director and also was advising President Trump on ways to get the economy back open. So I think to the point that you're making as far as the governor trying to listen to doctors and are trying to, um, you know, and are trying to to get things back open, I think that is a wise decision to bring on somebody who has been trying to work with the administration to try to get things back open. Certainly, we are not in a position this week, next week, the week after, in my opinion, to open things back up because we don't know yet. Um, and I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about the models. I'm talking about the raw data. We still need, we still need a week or two to see where we are and to see if those numbers are, are matching the models. I'm with you, Greg. I want to open things back up as quickly as we can but also do it in a safe manner. I can tell you one thing that's not adding to the anxiety, you mentioned the superintendent of schools, adding to the anxiety is not when, when the superintendent of schools comes out and says, we may be having distance learning in the first semester of next fall. Right. That's not going to help anybody right. because there's already going to be parents who are already stressed out about working from home, about having to have their kids at home with them while they're working. And hey, I'm one of them. OK, right. we have two right. working people in this house and two small kids that we're trying to wrangle around right. while we're working. OK, so I'm there. I'm with you. Um, but we also we also can't do it in a manner that's going to bring back the problems that we already seem to have avoided. As I've said the last several weeks, Greg, I don't have the answer and I'm not going to pretend to have the answer. Uh, I do think at this juncture, we at least need to have the economists in the room to tell us yeah. the damage to the economy. Yeah. Because we are, we are getting data on that. Yeah, um, we are getting data on that. We need to have those conversations um, and figure out what's what's happened, where we are, what steps it's going to take. And actually, quite frankly, we need to know how long it's going to take the economy to get back to X percentage of what it was before. The economy is not going to come back to what it was four weeks ago anytime soon. Okay. A yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of um, jobs, people who have been furloughed, those jobs aren't coming back. 
anytime soon, if right. ever. Right. Um, so, and even some of those jobs that have been closed, you're going to have to open them back up to get other parts of the economy going again. You're going to have to right. open up daycare centers before you open up, and schools probably, quite frankly, before you open up anything else. Because you're going to have to, again, you're going to have something to do with the kids. Well, I, you know, those are considerations. I mean, I'm in a different, everybody's got their own subjective, whatever. I think if you, I think the schools probably should be one of the last things to open up. I understand what okay. you're saying. Um, but then I don't have school age kids. So I, 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 I get what you're saying. I mean, the fact is, depending, I've seen different studies, 70% of people can't work at home. Okay. So if, if I can work from home, you can work from home. My wife, we're lucky. But we're in a very small percentage of people who can do that. So, um, you know, when you shut this stuff down and, 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 you know, I still see people on social media saying, well, these construction guys are still working. We ought to shut down. No. I mean, my God, you want to shut down construction, too? Then, then you really have no economy. We can't just have grocery stores and hospitals open. We have to have more than that. Um, if, if we're not seeing the worst case, if we're already seeing the curve bent, then we need to start modulating sooner. And, and a couple more weeks, whatever. I mean, the point is the data on on the on the disease side, we don't have the testing. There's no way to know. I mean, the fact is this thing spread by people who are asymptomatic. Lots of people could have had this thing and never know it. Right. Um, almost certainly that's the case. But so. I mean, I, this this is the same thing we've been talking about for the week, but the good news on the side of. It's not been as bad as we were, as we feared. And people are now the models are being changed, too, so that we're not saying the worst case scenario is something as bad as we thought before. The curves have been bent. Now we got to start. And it, it, you're right. It's not a switch. But here's the reality, Brian. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to make sure we're saying now. And this is what I hope the governor is thinking about, because governors in other states got crap for waiting to do this. They'll get crap for opening it up too quickly. I mean, the governor of Texas has a committee ready to go talking about how to do this. Okay. I think those governors were doing things that our governor wasn't. Our governor was just laser focused on dealing with this problem because he was convinced that we were going to overload the system. We we're going to end up like Italy. Okay. The reality is we've got, what, 140,000 people so far filed. The, the fact that they sent out this this uh, message out today on Twitter and everything else, kind of this whiny tweet series about how we're doing the best we can to deal with the backlog. We know it's going to be a few weeks. You'll get all your money. We're doing the best we can, even though, I mean, it's the government's fault they're unemployed. It's not the market that did this. Right. There'd be some unemployment otherwise, I'll grant you, but nowhere near as much, which is why you had to put the orders in in there in the first place because people were still going to work until you told them they couldn't anymore. So, I, I you know, I, I don't want to hear the excuses. And and then the excuse is, well, we got to train them in person. They got to be at a call center in person. They can only do it 10 at a time. Like, those are your rules. Make yes, those are the rules you loosen up first. Okay. You're not going to, you're not going to bend, you know, you're not going to have a spike in hospitalizations because you have a couple hundred people getting trained to do, you know, uh, unemployment claims, so it doesn't take three weeks for people sitting home with no jobs and, and no money trying to figure out what to do. So that bothers me. But here's the thing. Here's the point I was trying to get to. Okay. 
We have 140,000. Tomorrow we may get another 100,000. Who knows? I mean, those numbers are staggering and unbelievable, but that's the trend we're on. We could, the, this governor could go out of office, Brian. He could leave office with a huge budget mess. He's already got one. Okay, it, there's no easy fix. If he's if he's already if he's already thinking about layoffs, furloughs. Okay, Kerwin's gone. Forget Kerwin. Kerwin's gone. That's a no go. Even beyond that, we're screwed. Counties are going to have the same problem. We're talking about right now. We think the unemployment rate in this country is maybe in in, in Maryland. 13% may go to 30. Can't even imagine what 30% looks like. You got the comptroller came out today, said this is going to make the recession or depression that we're going to see is going to make 2008 look like a picnic. Okay. I'm not sure what the purpose of saying that is. Well, you know what the purpose of saying that is. Well, that's about politics. That's about the gubernatorial. Well, that's, that's, that's about him saying we ought to open things back up, and I agree with him. And and this is the this is the point I'm trying to make. This governor may leave office with a huge budget mess left behind because we're not going to be able to get it fixed. And I, it's not all his fault, but a lot of it this is his fault. This is on him. This economic constriction is directly resulting of his actions. Now his actions are the right ones. He had to do it. Whatever you can agree with him, being aggressive was the right way to go. But it's on him. It's not the legislature didn't do this. President Trump didn't do this, and he we could have we could have fewer jobs in this state when Governor Hogan leaves office than when he came in if this thing takes a couple of years yeah. to get back from. That could be his legacy. Yeah. So so somebody somebody and I know that's something that he would care about if he heard it. Somebody better be in those meetings, whether it's Secretary um, Brinkley, whether. <laughs> There's a lot of business de- development guys in his administration. You know, whether it's Kelly Schultz, somebody's got to say, look, I know the doctors are saying go another month. But if you do that, th- this is what's going to this is going to be your legacy. Yeah, I don't think it's. I, I don't think ultimately his legacy will be fewer jobs than when he came into office. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do I, agree. I hope you're. I hope you're right. But you're talking about how long will it take to come back? We don't I know. Do, I mean, if right. you look, at how long does it take to come back? How long does it take this economy to make the number of jobs that we've lost? But again, the question is, we don't more know than two years. Those, we don't know how many of those jobs are lost vis-a-vis how many of those jobs right. are just temporarily furloughed and, and qualified for unemployment. We're not going to know that for six months until after everything opens back up again. But we do but, know. But you are right. You but, are right insofar as that the budget right now is an yeah. absolute. Well, and and if you have we also know this, we also know every day this goes on, the worse it will get, the more in terminal it will get. Yes. The the further we're going to get from being able to bring it right back, the deeper and longer it's going to take, the more this goes on. So Mm -hmm. every week could be months of economic recovery to get back to where we were. That's that's also the reality of that. You gotta, so so we talk about cost benefit analysis, the most significant policy decisions that have ever taken place in our time looking at state public policy. They're all being made by the governor at this point. And who's he listening to? That's that's what I get back to. Who's he listening to? You're right. It's a really tough decision for him to make. Who's he listening to? He, he I, I would love to hear him. He changed his tone a little bit. We complained 
I got quoted in some articles. He changed his tone a little bit, recognizing people are suffering. That was nice to see. I don't take any credit for that, but it was nice to see. It would be nice to see him saying, yes, I'm listening to these really smart doctors, and I also have, because if you're going to make this, this, do the kind of Lincoln thing where you have people with differing points of view, where you have that real serious debate, if this is such a tough decision, make sure you have all the data, right? We talked about data. And then and then make the call. And then the governor's got to say, it's on me. But you're right. Look, and it's I, I hope I'm wrong. By the way, I hope I'm yeah, I wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. I hope, and I'll be glad picture. to be wrong. It's I'll a be, very grim picture. I'll be glad to be wrong. I'll be glad to be wrong. If we're six months from now, back where we were and then some, great. I'll be the first one to admit it, and I'll be thrilled. Okay? Um, but we've never done anything like this before. Right. And... You know, I, I, I mean, you you can't do this to the economy, and it just bounces back. It 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 never has. We've never seen anything like it. So, um, I don't know. I I I kind of felt like people were trying to, you know, when I when I tweeted that thing last week, and it got picked up in the Times and the Post. It's aging pretty well, though. I mean, yeah. that's the reality. I. I don't I'd rather be some kind of right wing wacko who was a scaremonger and it turned out everything was fine. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I, I think all of us do. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, with the numbers, it's like I'm glad the numbers are a lot better than we thought they were going to be. There's no question about that. Anybody who thinks is, is disappointed that the numbers were wrong is not a good person. Um well, I don't think. I, well, if if there are people that wish more people had been sick, then you know there are. You know they're out there. I I I haven't seen that. I think there are people saying, "Why were we? You know, how much of how much of these? Look, this this is one of the things that's really frustrating about this. As as I pointed out, everything about that's wrong with our society. This this emergency, this crisis, is brought out. One of the things that. The media is terrible. And I know the local media is getting hit on the chin. We can talk about that. The media is terrible, and they're terrible about reporting health-related stuff. Yes. Okay? They're not good at it. Um, And and the fact is, the type of medicine that we're talking about, okay, the the population study type stuff, is is really, really inexact. Right. Okay? So, So when you make statistical models... That, you know, the governor of New York said, well, this is one of the best data available. Well, every model that you make is based on assumptions, too. Okay? They're based on assumptions. And if the assumptions are wrong, then then the data is going to end up being wrong. What ends up happening is if, if the, you know, and it's not being communicated. So those numbers were, I, the governor comes out and says, well, those numbers that said thousands of deaths, that was if we did nothing. I didn't think that's what it was. I thought those numbers were, I mean, that's not what I thought. When he said two weeks ago, we're going to look like New York, I didn't think he meant if we do nothing, because we were doing something then. Okay. Um, and, and that's what I th- That's where I see people getting frustrated. How much of this was fear-mongering and manipulation and propaganda rather than real, honest, straightforward, good science and how much of it was, you know, people just making guesses and, you know, overshooting the mark? Um, 
Well, and that's the problem with all of this, too, is right. the fact that the president does not have a science degree. Governor Hogan does not have a science background. Cuomo does not have a science background. De Blasio does not have a science background. The reporters don't have a science background. I mean, hell, the reporters don't tend to have a background about anything that they uh, that their that their beats are. Um, they just tend to have, be journalism majors who who fall into something. Right. But there's a difference between, like, for example, the political reporters who write about Maryland politics. They've been working those beats. They know the players. They at least have a vague understanding of what's going on. Right. Now we're asking those people who have a journalism degree in a beaten politics to try to also explain science, which is not a good combination. Well, but I think all. I think even people who cover the health beat on a regular basis well, tend, tend not to be very good about I mean, if you read health news, it tends to not be very good. You know, they talk about yeah. studies all the time and it it doesn't, you know, there's it doesn't mean what it's what we, it's portrayed as. For instance, and the governor talked about it this week. Um, I, I mentioned last week that when you looked at that chart, the real high curve and the real low curve, the, the area under the curves was the same, but that x-axis was time. So we're going to be dealing with this longer. That the governor basically admitted that he said the downside of doing this and slowing it down is we're going to be dealing with this longer. Right. The total number of infections. Is still going to be the same. We're just slowing it down, especially without testing. There's no way to isolate this thing. So there's a lot of people thinking that if we all stay at home, I won't ever get sick. And I don't think that's true. Right. And that's another thing people are going to be upset about. But look, forget forget all that. Okay. The, the politics of this, I think, is real simple. People aren't getting sick. We're not seeing video of, of people overwhelming, whatever. People are going to get this and survive it. You're going to have a hell of a lot more people unemployed, not getting a busy signal when they call the, the unemployment office, um, who are still going to be dealing with this, you know, six, eight months from now, worrying about keeping when we have spikes and bankruptcies and, and whatever. And the state government does not have the resources to deal with this. No. Local governments whose budgets are stretched aren't going to have the, the they're going to be laying off people. They're not going to be able to deal with this. The feds can print so much money. Who knows how much they'll end up? They're already two to six billion dollars into this thing, and they're already talking about trillion, more. Trillion, not trillion. trillion. Thank you, trillion. Who knows how many more? Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, billions are are just a drop. Um, so you know, there's not going to be a lot. I want to. I want to. not going to be a lot of help for this. I want to loop back to this budget piece because again, yeah. my piece at redmaryland.com talks about right. Um, and we can just talk about this now. Yeah, talk uh, about it now. Tonight kind of talks about county budgets because for those of you who don't know the county budget season basically is may and june that's when the counties start adopting their budgets for fiscal year 2021 which is the next fiscal year which coincides with the state fiscal year july 1st to uh, of this year to june 30th of next year the reason the county budgets are decided at that point is because they have to wait for the state to pass their budget Right. To see how much state aid that they're going to get or what mandates the state may put in place, like, say, Kerwin, right. um, to force their hand on the budget. Now, counties are all, of course, counties, just like the state, are taking it on the chin uh, when you start talking about tax revenues, business revenues, um, you know, et cetera, and so forth, and, right. and the revenues that they're losing there. Right. Of course, on top of it, as Greg mentioned, the governor's come out and said the budget by the budget, the state budget's been 
been blown up. The state budget yeah. is being blown up for a variety of reasons, sure. not the least of which is the fact that the governor only has 17 percent of the budget as, under his discretionary control, thanks to mandated spending by the Democrats in the general. Well, Assembly. and they're spending I a lot of money. I know I'm beating that drum again, but it deserves to be beat. That, that's going to make it. And by the way, coming back from this, all the things that we've talked about for years are, is going to make it more difficult to come back from this as well when we're trying to grow our way back from this high taxes, um, mandatory sick leave, um, right. you know, um, minimum wages, man, you know, that are mandated yeah. on and on all the regulations, all the whatever is going to yeah, make it tougher way, for to us point, to get that right. business back too. yeah, to your point, the, the minimum wage will go up on July 1st, whether you have a job or not. Right. These at, businesses are open or right. not. At a time where you have decreasing supply and you're going to have a lot of demand where the price should go down, we're going to mandate a higher price, which is going to keep people unemployed longer. Absolutely. Right. That's that's macroeconomics 101. Yeah. Um, and that's that's going to happen. And remember, and, these these costs, when you start talking about the increases in the minimum wage, when you start talking about health care, when you start talking about paid sick leave. Those were already artificial right. increases right. to the cost of doing business in the state of Maryland that were completely unnecessary. And the Democrats should have never passed in the first place because they were unsustainable and unaffordable. Right. That was in a good economy. Yeah, no, now, I we're, right. now we're in a recession right. slash depression. You know, it depending on how long it harder, goes, absolutely. It makes it even harder for people who had jobs to regain them. Right. It makes it harder for businesses to create new jobs to fill the void of the old jobs, some of the old jobs that aren't going to come back. Right. Right. I mean, it's just it's just nonsensical. Now, speaking of nonsensical. Go ahead. Okay, and I hope and I hope this lesson is learned real good and hard by everybody. The chuckleheads. And there's only one chucklehead. Mark Elric is the real chucklehead here the county executive of Montgomery County, far, 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 far left wing. This guy actually had the temerity, the balls, if you will, and I will, to introduce a property tax cut Increase. in the middle of all of this. A four and a half percent property tax cut, a hike rather, excuse hike. me, yeah. a four and a half percent property tax hike that was introduced after all of this happened, it wasn't right. like it was introduced a week before and it right. was just kind of out there. No, it was introduced. The idea was publicly floated after the state of emergency was already in place and the economy already started to go south. Yeah. Now, the good news about all of this right. is that the council members, the public... Yeah, they said no. That's that dog's not going to hunt. Yeah, Elric actually pulled back from his proposed property tax hike, right? Based on the backlash he got from the public and the backlash he got from the Democratic County Council members. I point out, if you are going too far for the Democratic members of the Montgomery County Council, you really got to look around and wonder at just how far out there you really got. Because the Democrats of the county council are a tax-happy, spend-happy group of people, uh, probably more so than any other county council in the state of Maryland. Right. I understand. But the problem is, is that the, these counties are going to have a choice. Okay? Look at our county, Anne Arundel County. Uh, under Stuart Pittman, under this Democratic county council, this is a very tax-happy county and a spend-happy county. 
and the historic tax hikes that Pittman railed through last year in violation of the tax cap, legally in violation of the tax cap, income tax hikes, property tax hikes, higher spending. There's not going to be an appetite for that. If Montgomery County voters and the Montgomery County Council is already rebelling against tax hikes, right. and we're not even in real budget season yet, you got to suspect that even a doofus like Stuart Pittman, a wealthy horseman like him, unqualified for the job, can can read a poll and say, you know, maybe, maybe we got to do something else. The problem is going to be is that when there are revenue shortfalls, are these Democratic-controlled councils and these Democratic executives are just going to go ahead and raise taxes? Or are they actually going to make the tough choices? I pointed out in my piece, swimming pool. We talked about this on the show. I wrote a piece about this back in February, how everybody thinks that the county should oh, should build a swimming center, another, or excuse me, a tennis court, a, a tennis center. You're trying to tell me that the county executive can justify a tennis center in this economy with people losing jobs left and right, that we can afford a tennis center? I would hope for once in his life that Stuart Pittman and his brethren in these county executive positions come to their senses and realize that they are on an unsustainable path and that this is no time to increase spending and raise taxes and that it's finally time to roll it back and start actually cutting cutting the budget. And well, they're not going to have any. They're not going to have any choice. Look, if you have well, 30%. there's always a choice. You can either no, raise the taxes that, or you can I mean, spend the money. I mean, that's that's the choice. The choice. Whether they might, the they might, the right. they might raise taxes and still have to cut seriously on the budget. I mean, that's how bad it's going to be. I mean, you've got. I mean, think about the loss of. I mean, these are counties that are that are predominantly funded by. Um, well, first off, state you have the sales tax revenue, which is going to just be atrocious. You've got real estate. Real estate's going to take a huge hit, presumably, especially if we don't come back very quickly, because um, the real estate market's going to crash. A place like Montgomery County that's expensive to live is going to be the f- is going to feel it harder than any place else. Um, so you're already going to have that. People aren't going to pay their mortgages. People aren't going to be able to pay you know rent. Even if we give them abatement and forbearance or whatever, that's that's still going to kill the market for that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, those revenues are going to go down. Income tax is going to, revenue is going to go down, you know, on the piggyback tax or whatever else, because people aren't going to have income. Right. So, and all your other business licensing taxes and all that kind of stuff that they, you know, and, and you're not going to be building new houses because demand's going to be down, right? People aren't going to be buying new houses. So all your transfer fees and all that kind of stuff's going to go down. Mm-hmm. I mean, State and local governments are built on, and because they're so tight and having to be balanced and can't have so much debt, especially on the state level, they're they're not they're built to have things running all the time. They're very very the, the thing they're most vulnerable to is what we're seeing right now—a very sharp contraction in the economy. Right, really blows things up because you can't you can't really predict. You know, if you're going into a recession and. In the next quarter, you can make some projections, but nobody in February was projecting this. Right. And nobody, and again, it goes back to the point we were making about the decision the governor has to make. No one can make a projection right now because we don't know when things could go back to normal. All right? Um, and so you're going to see cuts. You're going to have to see cuts. 
I mean, it's going to be so bad. You're going to have to see cuts. Will they try to raise taxes to mitigate? That'll be the debate that we have. Um, because they're going to have to cut the school budget. They're going to have to cut. They're going to have to furlough cops. They're going to have to do all that kind of all that stuff that Stuart Pittman, you know, would rather cut his right arm off than have to do any of that stuff and raise taxes to expand rather than contract. I mean, I wish we could balance it just by, you know, eliminating the parks department. I mean, there we, we're going to be talking about closing libraries. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. So we're gonna, we may never reopen the senior centers at this point. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, I don't know. But, it, but the point is, but the point is you're going to have so many more people. You're going to have, you're going to have diminution in, in, in revenue. You have so many more people on the social safety net at every level. Th- that's what the governor is talking about too when he talks about it's crashed. I mean, that's that's I mean that's a train wreck. The Fed I, the Feds can just print more money and go into debt. State and localities can't do that. So, no. you know, it's not just like we can. It, it's going to be tough even to just cut our way to balance. When we get to that point, that's that's how bad I fear it may get. But this goes back and, and, you know, and this. I think this is one of the things more than anything else that's happened frustrates me most of all. We weren't we weren't frugal. We weren't doing the things to put us in the best position to deal with it. I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah, It's you know, we've been screaming sometimes seemingly into the void here for 13 almost years. Yeah. Yeah. About the need to be frugal, the need to not spend every dollar you have, the need to not raise taxes willy-nilly, the need to not spend more money just because you got more money. I mean, it's like the entire country needs a Dave Ramsey class right now. You know, it's like you don't spend money you don't have. You don't issue the bond bills just because you feel like it. You don't add this, that, and the other thing just as a make-work program. You have to budget wisely spend wisely and don't spend money any more money than you have to and don't grow gun and government any larger than it needs to be yeah and what we have done as a state as a county and in our particular counties i mean obviously our county in particular and rundle county but other counties as well clearly is spend 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 right grow 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 and everybody assumed that it was going to go on forever. Yeah, and no, that I, nobody, I, I would, that nobody was going to yeah. actually have to fix it. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's the, but but here's the reality. If it's it, I, and I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I'm worried that I'm not going to be. Right. But if it's as bad as as some of some of the things we're talking about, and we're already starting to see, if if we let this thing go on for another two months, the way that it is, um. You know, people are going to be mad at everybody in charge, Brian. I, yeah, they'll be mad at Stuart Pittman, and the, it'll be easy to go after him and raise that. But you know, yeah, Boyd Rutherford ain't going to have much of a chance of getting elected in twenty twenty two if that's well, the record. Who, who is? Who is at that point? I mean, we could have a whole conversation. Well, this goes back to your point about yeah. Th- this goes back to your point about the comptroller saying this is the opportunity for the comptroller to say well, we got to to be that guy. And I know it's cheap, and because he doesn't really get to make the decision, but that's another reason why I hope there's somebody in the governor's office who's telling him this stuff. Believe me, right. believe me. 
and I and I'm we we we're not trading. I'm not I'm not being cruel. I'm not suggesting we trade lives for whatever. I'm not suggesting that at all. But people are going to remember the economic devastation a lot longer than they're going to remember the 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 fallout from this disease. If it turns out everything we're doing tamps it down the way that it looks like it's going right now. We're not going to be talking six months from now about, man, we really dodged a bullet that it could have been worse. Because all people are going to know is that they're going through a tough time and things are bad and they don't know when they're going to get out of it. As to emphasize that point. (laughs) Uh, Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what to tell you, man. But, okay. All right, I'll deal with that during the break. So, you still there, Brian? Can you hear me, Brian? He's not there, folks. He's just frozen. All right. Ah, let's let's retry this. Uh, Blog Talk Radio is working. It wasn't Blog Talk Radio's fault. Man. Okay. All right. Folks, I love technology. Let's take a break. We'll come back. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. Did you know Red Maryland was on Patreon? By supporting Red Maryland on Patreon, not only do you support Red Maryland's efforts to grow the conservative movement here in Maryland, but you're going to get access to premium content, meet and greets, cool bumper stickers, and more. To support Red Maryland on Patreon, Go to patreon.com slash redmaryland. Even $1 a month will help us grow the conservative movement in our state. And every dollar goes back into growing Red Maryland. That's patreon.com slash redmaryland. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash redmaryland. And thank you for your support. Hi, this is Brian Griffiths, the founder of Maryland Podcast Month. Maryland Podcast Month was founded in 2018 to draw attention to all of the great podcasts and podcasters here in Maryland. And during this time of social distancing, there is no better time to start learning more about locally produced podcasts. Shows like my podcast, Red Maryland Radio, I on Annapolis, The Conduit Street Podcast, JB's Drive-In Podcast, The Maryland Crabs, Quality Time, The Society Fringe Players, and more are still putting out fresh content. Visit MarylandPodcastMonth.com to learn more about these great Maryland podcasts. That's MarylandPodcastMonth.com. And we thank you for your support of local content. Uh, Oh, shit. Well, I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. It's just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Well, we have voices. We talk about the issues, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like we could do a podcast, and it would be a million times better than whatever that drivel was we were listening to. Without a doubt. Stuck in the middle with you 
can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, that I, was weird. No, I dropped. We lost the internet connection at my office. You All I can the, say is well, this. Yeah, I love technology. Yes. Well, do you know what's really wild, Greg? Is the fact that we, you may have lost the internet connection, but I was able. I was actually still broadcasting the entire time. So it's well, just it'll sound different. Right? It'll sound different on the uh, on the podcast if you listen well, to it, it on the podcast. It will. That's little, fine. You had a honestly, fun little interlude. During that, I'm like trying to figure. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I actually was just starting to talk about Holy Week. I was just filling time at this point and trying to explain how Holy Week works in the Catholic Church. And then so let me let me finish my story, and then we'll get back to what we actually. Were By doing. all means, finish it. How um, does it work in the Catholic Church? Well, I and I said we go worship, uh, worship, ador- Eucharistic adoration uh, at the bottom of the church for for a near a little while until we do night prayers, and then on on Friday uh, at three o'clock is the um is the passion um so that's that's the good friday service at three o'clock of course i saw that movie crucified <laughs> at three o'clock and then uh, of course then we the mass is on sunday we used to go to the vigil mass which is at saturday night and uh with little kids that's not gonna work the only benefit i mean the one benefit of not uh, not having to go to mass this year is that we can put the kids to bed and actually watch the vigil mass on on TV, which sucks. I mean, the whole thing sucks. It's the it's the it most it's the most holiest week, most important week of the year, yes. and yes. we can't celebrate it as a church community, and that sucks. It really sucks. It really sucks. And I, and you know again, let me point out by the way, our suffering. Not nearly what Jesus went through. Let's Fair make enough. that very clear. Fair enough. Though, when and, I, and as a Catholic, though, I though without the internet for a little while, I was, you know, I was like, uh, no, I'm kidding. Of course, it was not a Christ-like sacrifice. Yeah, and as a as a Catholic, I don't deserve the Eucharist, but it is a nice thing to have. Um, and I haven't had that for a while, so that sucks. No, I, I and I had you know I had a conversation with our pastor. You know, we looked at what the governor had put out, and the governor's basically. Sorry. I mean, I, I know there are people challenging it, and I, I don't think it's it, – look, in the Lutheran tradition, interpreting the Bible, we're, you know, the, the right-hand, left-hand uh, concept that we have, you know, uh, all civil authority comes from God as well. So there's, there's – you know, it is sinful to not obey the civil authorities, even if you don't like them. I, I've, I've, I've debated Lutheran pastors who will tell you that, you know, the American Revolution was a sin – not that freedom and all that's bad, but challenging that authority um, is is sinful by nature. Um, so we, we we are trying to follow all the dictates. And, of course, the governor has dictated. Um, and, and it is. It's coming straight from the governor's office and, and his office of counsel, who, who basically is doing the job of the Court of Appeals now, saying this is what those edicts mean. And, you know, they... they they specifically address the question of churches and you can't have communion. You can have drive in. If you don't get too close together, you can maybe have less than 10 people. We were trying to do that at our church, have some services with less than 10 people. Um, but you can't have communion with that. Right. So uh, under the guidelines now, look, are the state police going to come in and arrest people? No, probably not. Uh, but, I know there are pastors who are going to make a big deal out of it, and 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 especially when you consider that a lot of places, the largest outbreaks have been related to churches. Well, 
I, 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 and I also know, yeah, and that's why we're complying. I just want to say, I'm not saying we don't comply. I'm complying. You're complying. I had the mask on earlier. When I go out, I do that. We're all complying. Our church is complying. We've even shut down our food. Even though t- our, our uh, pant food pantry, Fantastic. we could take Greg, really. Apparently, Greg's internet is not an essential business. No, can't you hear? You're I here. can still hear you. I can still hear you. I can now. You okay? You 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 you, you, you weird on me again. Well, see, um, if you're listening on podcast, it's Brian that's having the problem, not me. You you're hearing me crystal clear. Um. So <laughs> so so the thing Check. is, yeah. So um. So we can't even do that. Not because I mean, technically, under the rules, you can still kind of do that under. The no more than ten and whatever, but you know we don't want to expose people to to that either. So that's yeah, been th- kind of tough because people need that now and they're going to need it when we're done. Meanwhile, giving's way down. This is what every church is seeing. This is another collateral damage. You know, hopefully everybody's giving online when you're not there in person, but that doesn't yeah, fortunately, happen. Fortunately, our church had actually made a push to go to online giving. Right. Before all this happened, it just happened to be fortuitous that oh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, and I've yeah. said this, our church is the most computer illiterate, least technologically advanced. We've made little, little steps along the way. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a super pain. We, I mean, we had a thing just to give you an example, how bad we are like six months ago. We had a thing where we have our pumpkin patch. Everybody knows the pumpkin patch we have at Emanuel Lutheran Church. We wanted to have a sign up for people to sign up and work shifts at the pumpkin patch, right? So we had the idea at church council, why don't we put it online, send an email out to everybody. We'll get more people to sign up because they can sign up on up. There were people who complained, said, I will not, I will volunteer, but I will not go online and volunteer. I want a piece of paper at the information center as I walk into church, otherwise I'm not doing, I don't do computer, you know? I mean, that's the world. I mean, I still, it wasn't that long ago. Well, we still have a phone tree. That's still an integral part of our communication system. Our church is a phone tree. I, I, people I, use it. I, I shit you not. If, if old lady, whoever doesn't get a call, there's hell to pay. And so we have in play hand to God. That's still an integral part of our communication system is a phone tree because so this is a nightmare for these people and the pastor who's quite frankly wants to make sure he has a job a year from now and that that he's working for a church that has the money to pay him i mean we're in pretty good financial shape because our church unlike the state of maryland and the anne arundel county has a lot of savings and we're very very frugal um you know but he's trying to have services with some of these older people who are stalwarts of the church i mean you you can you can hear what I'm saying between the words. I, right? I, I hear you, and it's tough, and it's and you know to lose to lose Easter because. Oh yeah, that's not that Brian is and I aren't the problem. You 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 Christmas and Easter Christians, you know this is when you help us out a little bit, and we don't even have that. So it's going to be sorry. And if you're one of those CNE Christians, uh, just just go to church, man. Okay, yeah, just get please just to get church. to church. We're open every Sunday. Well, we were. We will be again, maybe. But we're, we're online. We're open every day. But it's a uh, very good, good, and we'll have services during the week as well, and they'll be online. And the pastor's been doing a nice thing on a nice live stream every Wednesday night. You know, kind of a Bible yeah. study focused on what we're going through, which is nice. But you're right; it's another, it's another collateral damage. Yeah. You know, what? A couple of things. One. 
I find it funny that a Lutheran would complain about rebelling against authority. Now, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I yeah. hear what you're saying. You should literally rebelling against the Church of Christ, but that's neither here nor there. Um, no, reforming it. Let's not have that debate. But just to give you a little historical lesson, yes, yeah. there was the Reformation. Yes, it was. Yes, the Catholic Church had gotten off step, and and the Lutheran reformers wanted to reform the Church to go back to the original apostolic. But remember, also during that, it gave rise to the Peasants' Rebellion in Germany and other things which kind of got out of control and Luther and, and Luther and those folks said no that's that's not right you know these these were not revolutionaries they were reformers just like the american revolutionaries were not revolutionaries they were you know they were more conservative conserv it was a conservative revolution you hear that term you know we're way off we're way off type but anyway well, i was covering so we're not we're not a pentecostal you know showy church type that's looking for the mega pastor who wants to get arrested to be a martyr. So we're not we're not we're not down with that. And yeah. but but I'll say this. I'll say this. It's really sad that we do live at a time and a place where if a bunch of Christians got together at the risk of their own lives to worship together and take the Eucharist which the recipient, which the benefits of that far outweigh any disease you could get taking it, are subject to summary arrest and potential imprisonment by the state of Maryland with a, with Larry Hogan as the head of it, is sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad. not a good one. I acknowledge that. Um, I mean, it's look, sad. Our churches are not having public public anything. I mean, right. they they've actually after the governor's order. You know, there were some churches, like our church was still doing confession, okay? You had yeah. to wait outside. You had to, you know, you had to stay. Well, you, had, you had to socially distance. Yeah, that's got built-in social distancing there. Uh, well, not six foot of social distancing. But well, you got wall talk, thing, don't you? Yeah, but, well, yeah, but. Okay. Well, well, look, here's you, here's the wall, here's the priest, okay? I mean, you're, okay. you're, you're close, okay? All right. You um, can make it work, though. But also, too, when you go, particularly near Easter, particularly in the Lenten season, right. you got people out the wazoo in line, okay? Right. And, of course, it's like a normal line. You're, you know, boo, 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 boo. I know that um, St. John the Evangelist, which is near you in Serena Park, they were actually doing drive-through confessions. Right. Um, and they were actually, they were able to maintain six feet and anonymity and all that other good stuff. So they were actually doing that. But, they, but the Archdiocese of Baltimore shut it all down. After it, after the, um, you know, after the stay-at-home order went into effect, so now our church basically has, I think, about nine people in the church to do mass when it's broadcast on Facebook. They've got the priest, they've got two altar servers, they've got a lector or two, they've got the cantor, they've got the organist, right. and they've got the one person who actually knows how to put something on Facebook live running the camera, which by the way is, ex is explicitly permitted under the guidance from the office of, of count the council's office, the governor's council's office specifically addresses that that sort of thing is fine. Yes. Keeping it under 10, doing the social distancing, doing all that kind of stuff. It, it, well, there's only so much social distancing they're doing. No, I, I, will, I will tell with, you that doing, do making your best case effort. It doesn't say yeah. that, Everybody has to, you know, you got to carry poles with you. But it's saying trying to do that as best you can. That's still permit. 
for now until the health department comes out and shuts down your church because it's unsafe. Now, I'm surprised that a snake handler hasn't showed up yet. That's that's really what what this needs. I think you can handle snakes. You just can't have a bunch of people watching them, that, you know, in the same proximity. Well, you know them. what I mean. One of those types, you, you know, who who doesn't this... care about things like common sense and laws and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, now, now. But, all right, let's go back to the president. That's what we were really were going to talk about. The president had two yeah. things this week that he said uh, during press conferences, which are of interest to us here. One is that he was complaining about a certain rhino governor who was being annoyed. Now, I didn't see this part. I, I heard it secondhand, so you'll have to so describe. I. I, I, okay. well, yeah, see, you I, ruined I it. I was at least letting you set it up so you could pretend like you actually saw it. Well, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm keeping it real, Holmes. I'm keeping it real. Okay. Um, let me see real. if I can actually get the actual quote here. Um, you know, I can't... I can't find the actual quote. The point being is that he's talking about a particular rhino governor. And I love it. I, I find it hilarious. Every time Larry Hogan gets called a rhino. Because I know for one thing that certain segments of our audience right. eat this, eat it up. Right. Trying to figure out what part of anything the governor is doing makes him more or less rhino than any other governor who's doing the same thing. Okay. I mean, I, I, think, the gov- I think the governor, I think, I think the governor, look, the governor's been on a lot of media. I know because his federal PAC keeps sending me uh, press releases about every time he's on TV. Uh, and I know he's getting questions about, because again, the media is horrible. So the media is trying to drive a wedge between Trump and everybody else, every governor, every, and, and, you know, Trump will, you know, and then you get the governor of New York say something nice about him. And tweet says, oh, Cuomo says I'm doing great. So he doesn't help his own cause. He is who he is. We understand that. I think the governor, by and large, has tried to um, not not take the bait and criticize the president, though he has he plenty of times has said, well, I don't know about the president, but I talked to the vice president. The vice president is doing a great job. And I keep telling them and calling them we need this stuff. You know, we were going to get all these ventilators. Now we're not going to get as many as they thought. I don't know that we need them. Doesn't sound like we're running low on them. I mean, that's a whole other thing. So. I'm not surprised that the president being the president, because CNN once has Larry Hogan on. The reason Hogan's on MSNBC is all the time is because MSNBC wants a Republican governor to say, but you're right. He hasn't done, he hasn't taken the bait. Right. But of course, you know, the president knows he's been a critic of his in the past and he's, you know, um, he's, he's kind of skirted around it a little bit and. And thought about running against him. Believe me, the president knows that the governor oh, thought true. about running against him. So, you know, he's he's as Honestly, venal the as whole, they get. So I'm not surprised me, by it. I just kind of, you know, it's just par for the course. The thing to me is that it, again, shows how completely devalued the term rhino is. I mean, Donald Trump was a registered Democrat as recently as since Larry Hogan took the oath of office to become governor of Maryland. I understand. And has been a Republican for 40 years. Right. I understand. And Donald Trump was one of Hillary Clinton's biggest donors, but Larry Hogan's the rhino. I mean, come on. I know. I know. Cons- I know. Same, again, a certain thing happened to conservatism. I know. I know. A certain segment eats it up. It's usually the people who are, come, you know, come, you know, Johnny come lately Republicans 
are the ones calling other people rhinos. It's they're always called, been like that. They're called Americans, Brian. They're called Americans. Thank you very much. You've been you've been hanging out on Facebook too much recently, very clearly. Uh, we all it's right have. up there with the, the, the with the conspiracy. You troll about. them. I am one of them. I'm a deplorable too. How dare you? How dare you? You, right cons- conspiracy you, cons- theories that you all conservative ink guy. That's right up there with the conspiracy theory that all the doctors are all like Hillary Clinton apparatchiks. And I'm like, dude, Donald Trump gave her how much money? Come on. You guys come up with better shit than this. Come on. Now, let's talk about something. Fauci's, Fauci's deep state. I knew it. I knew it. Whatever. Go ahead. Let's talk about something that's basically pretty much the Trump presidency in a nutshell. Well, it's a nice transition, too, <laughs> because one, it, it changed. It's a little it's a little levity. Something we talked about last week, and again shows how terrible the media environment we is, we are in is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So the press conference today, President Trump. Greg has a clip. I have a clip, and I'm going to show it in the stream. Here we go. Yes, it's in the stream. Uh, he's got he's got a clip, right. and uh, this is from today's press conference. And uh, all right, go ahead and roll that let me beautiful. See if meme I can, let me see if I can just. I can't. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's do it this way so people can see it. Yeah, just play the clip. Time to go ahead. Um, so it, one of the biggest rating hits um, of the coronavirus, aside from these briefings, has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. Yeah. And uh, the man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22-year prison sentence. Uh, he's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Um, your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it. And I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning. Okay. Before he gives the answer, if you haven't seen it, we've seen it, obviously. Yeah. So so this is the president. Hey, you know, this Tiger King thing's really popular. He's saying he wants to get a pardon and your son will find out which one in a second, because that seems to be relevant somehow, um, said he should he would advocate for it, which is probably just a joke, a Twitter joke kind of thing. For those uh, of you watching this clip, I want to point out one. The reporter looks like he has just hit puberty. Yeah. Two. You can tell there's a, there's another reporter. You can see her in the background. Oh, she's horrified. Who just has this face on her, like, what a dumbass! What are we this doing guy? here? Why are we here? Yeah, is this is this the real world? Yeah. Okay. So so here's here, because you're all dying to know the answer, right? Because we all care about this Tiger King thing, right? Yeah, Joe. Which son? It must be Don. I had a feeling it was Don. Is that what he said? I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? Allegedly, literally, the president's the only guy in the United States other than Brian who doesn't know what he did. So that's encouraging, at least, that the president isn't watching this because he's about the only one. Though maybe if the president were watching this and just left it to Pence, maybe that would be better. Discuss. It'll be a lot better. Hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that, and he was. You think he didn't do it? Fake are you news. on his side? Uh, well, I, are you, are you recommending sides, a pardon? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, yet. you're not allowed to do that. You'd be criticized by these. Would you recommend a pardon? I'm not weighing in on time. I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Like I'll take a look. Is that Joe Exotic? That's yeah. Joe Exotic. Can I point out, by the way, I want to say something. That trip of that clip of Trump makes him very is, is a likable clip of him. He's actually kind of like engaging and kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's no, it's it's fine. If that was the Trump we always got, he would have less problems. 
He wouldn't fewer be trailing votes. in swing states right now. If you can, he count wouldn't them, be on fewer. a glide path to lose the election. But we can't get that Trump every day. I don't watch. I haven't been watching the press conference. By the way, they should show him. They complain when he doesn't have press conferences. I mean, which again goes show. back to the point you and I talked about before the show. Which yeah, goes that's back why I'm bringing to the it up now. How stupid everything is. Yeah. We go for years. Everybody's like, oh, Trump doesn't have enough press conferences. Trump needs to have a press It is the people's demand press conferences, and right. we need to protect our phony baloney jobs. There is, they're hiding things if there's no press conference. And now there's a press right. conference every day, and all they do is piss and moan right. about how there's a press conference, probably because they have to go to the things and cover them. Well, no, I, I think part of it is, part, and I'll get Trumpy here for a second, part of it is they are getting huge ratings, and the president True. is doing well his, because he looks like somebody who's in charge. He's got smart people around him who are answering these things, and the media comes off, as the media truly is, as trying to drive a wedge between everybody and trying to get True. Trump and doing a lot of this kind of stuff. And people who hate Trump like that they do that, of course. And the people who support Trump or maybe some people who are just trying to find out what the hell's going on with this disease are kind of like, what the hell's going on? Why, why are you asking him that? You know, why is this Dr. Fauci who everybody says is this, this genius, this, you know, demigod that we've now placed enormous amount of power in his hands because he's so wonderful? Why, you know, he's asking you not to drive a wedge between them, but you keep doing it. Why are you doing that? I mean, look, they were doing well. I mean, I don't, I mean, they're still doing well ratings wise. I don't know how much it's actually helping him. His favorables are now back down to where they were before all of this started. He's trailing Biden in Florida. He's trailing Biden in Pennsylvania. He's trailing Biden in Wisconsin. He loses those, any of those states. It's game over. It doesn't, if if the economy is half as bad as we think it's going to be still in November, it won't matter. The number one, the number, and, and I know that there are people cheering for that. And I know there are people who are saying this was all or whatever, but. I mean, it. that was the number one thing he had going for him was a strong economy, and, and we nuked it. So you can blame whoever you want. I don't think it's his fault. You know, he was the first guy to say we don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. He's still trying to do that, but it's not going to matter. People are out of work and angry. It's not going to matter. They're going to blame whoever's in charge. That's how it works. Yeah, what he did or didn't do is not relevant at this point, as you as you point out. It's called. It's called, you know. Accountability. You blame the guy who's in charge. Fair, you know, it's like being the quarterback of the NFL team. You lose, you suck. Yeah, you win. You're the most popular matter, guy. In doesn't town. matter. The left tackle can't block for crap. <laughs> that sounds like a personal, a personal gripe right now. It could be, but it's not. <laughs> you got two rookie tackles. It's the quarterback's fault, right? Whatever. So trade. Let's him. talk. Let's talk about election stuff real quick. Let's talk about um, election stuff. Obviously, election elect, the, election, the election coming up February 28th or April 28th, the special election here right. in, um, you know, here in the 7th Congressional District. We already kind of know uh, where where that's going. Why is Ian Fume is the Democratic nominee? Kim Klasick is the Republican nominee. Mail-in only. Yeah. So. Mail-in only. It's going to change the calculus. Still way too many Democrats in that district. Did the math. Not looking good. Um, I know you want to go after her on that, you know, because not, Kim, no, Kim put out no. a thing. There's 70,000 registered Republicans. There's what? What was the number you gave me? 330,000 registered Democrats. Right. So it's 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 four to one Democrat to Republican. She put out a thing saying, hey, if every Republican voted for me, we could win. If she got 70,000 votes, she might win. It's not 
the, if she got 70,000 votes, she might win. Um, that's probably not going to happen. But I, I, I don't think it's a reason to beat her up. She's trying to get her base out and she's trying to do something. Now, how much campaigning can you do? How much will you do? Is what she's doing effective? Otherwise, time will tell. I mean, it's all, if you can't if you can't go out if you can't go out and fundraise, and you can't go door to door, and you don't have any money, you're going to you're running against somebody with insane name identification. Yeah, you're going to lose to the guy who has universal name recognition. Hello. Yeah. Um, you try to get out the vote because it's you're doing what you can. I mean, I, it's hard to criticize somebody for what because what are you going to do? What else are you going to do? I I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Um, the one thing that one one thing that will be affected though. Right. Obviously, the the primary election moved to June second. Right. Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race for president today, sealing the nomination for Joe Biden. On the margins, that's going to change some Democratic primaries. Okay, Maybe. particularly in Baltimore City. Maybe because well, it will because now those radical lefties are going to not have really a reason to show up. I see. I see. I think, number one, that you're overanalyzing it. Of it, course, I'm it wasn't a competitive race. Knew. Joe Biden had already won the nomination. This is just a fait accompli. And by the way, Bernie Sanders still wants his voters to come out and vote for him in the primary. So, and it's no one's coming out. They're just sending in the ballot. If you're if you're a hardcore motivated, you know, progressive Democrat, you're like us on the other side. You're going to vote. You're going to vote in every election you get a chance to vote in, and you're probably. I mean, there aren't a lot of Bernie bros right now who are only thinking about the national election here in Maryland, who live in Baltimore City, who aren't engaged somehow in what's going on in the city. Now, if you're a Bernie bro in, Wacom in Wacomico County, yeah, I probably agree with you. It's not worth, you know, going on the website and clicking a button to get the 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 or whatever you do, because um, I hear there are different ways to do it. Um, you might not vote then, but. And it, and there's school board stuff and whatever, so that could affect that. But I'm saying that I don't in think, I think you're City, I think you're just overthinking it. In Baltimore City, on the margins, it might make a couple of differences. That's all. It, it look having mail only if it ends up being that way, because remember the legislature doesn't want that to be the case, sure. so we haven't decided that yet. Yes, it absolutely will make a difference, and it'll be fascinating to see. Um, right. By the way, it sounds like there's no way we're going to have a special session. In late May, I hear that's not going to happen. Oh, I have not heard that. Where did you hear that? From? I've heard that from different groups that are lobbying okay. who are saying because I, I I know I know the bar, for instance, um, has some bills that they want to introduce. For instance, you know one of the things that we have right now, and I know people don't care about this because you have bigger problems, and you do have bigger problems. But you know, if people want to get a will, they have to mm -hmm. get witness signed them live. You can't do that remotely. Right. We've we've changed some rules where you can do some notarization remotely now, um, but you can't do that for a will. You have to change the statute in order to do that remotely. So, you know, lawyers can people can still come to lawyers offices. Lawyers can go to people's houses and get those things done. You can have people do that and you don't need more than 10 people to do that. And you can be 10 feet apart and do that or six feet apart and do that. So it's not a huge hazard. But, you know. Um, if we're having this emergency and we're trying to do this, wouldn't it be easy? You know, and if somebody's in the hospital, you can't do it because you can't go visit them and you can't get a you know, stuff to get a couple witnesses. And unfortunately, people are getting sick and they're worrying about this stuff. I've seen some lawyers. I won't mention any names because they're friends of ours. I think it's a little tacky 
They're saying, we're go- I've seen it on Facebook, okay? A lawyer friend of ours that, that we know who some, some fast food menu items he's a big fan of, saying people are really, you know, in this time of uncertainty with this, you know, this disease going around, if you, if you need help getting your estate together, give me a call. I'm like, that's a little tacky, dude. Fast food. <laughs> Hell, I'm, I'm so lost as to who you're talking. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. I understand. We like you him. can tell me later. Tell me. We later. like him. We like him a lot. He's a good guy. He's trying to make a living. I get it. It's, it, it's a tough racket we're in. <laughs> I thought it was a little tacky. Okay. Fast food item that he likes that isn't always on the menu. Okay, I know what the fast food item is. That doesn't tell me who the who the person is. You, you know who he is. I'm sure I do. I'm not putting two and two together. Right. All right. So, let's talk about sports. House colleague of last week's guest. Okay, a, a house colleague? Oh, oh. Mm. Got it. Yep. Okay. Good guy. Um, good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Um, so, baseball. Yeah, let's talk baseball. Idea, has floated this idea. Let's talk baseball and then our TV wrecks and then we can wrap it up. I've floated this idea of getting everybody to Phoenix right, and playing the season to start for a while in totally in Phoenix. Love it. Do it. Why not? There's a few problems to this. I, first of all, I'm with you. If they can do it safely and if they can do it, like, as I mean, safe for the players, safe for the umpires, safe for the stadium guards and everybody else who's got to work the ballpark. Yeah. If they can do it safely, do it. That yeah. being said, the, the, the plan has a few flaws. Like playing outdoor baseball in Arizona when it's 114 degrees. I I don't I don't even know if the virus can live in those kind of conditions. Well, that's true too. I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about well-trained professional athletes trying to stay hydrated in those just bad conditions. I can see that being because problematic. They only have they have 11 ballparks. Ten of them are outdoors, like spring training facilities. They do right. have the dome. At uh, where the Diamondbacks play at uh, right. Chase Field or wherever they're calling it now, right? They've actually talked about having to play triple headers at some of these ballparks to get the season in, right? Which is insane. Think about that. I'm thinking Conver- about it right now. Huh? I'm thinking about it right now. Conversely, I think I'm also going to have to check airfare to Phoenix. I mean, if I can see that much Major League Baseball in one week, I mean, why wouldn't I go? Well, but you don't see. Here's the thing. Here, you know what it's all about think of the ratings of course that you don't have look to go the, anywhere just go on tv man look at the ratings that i at, at that um that enascar has been getting yeah think of the E-NASCAR. ratings yeah think of now, the, the ratings other... by the way i don't know how e, I, I assume espn doesn't have to pay any of these major league um any of these sporting oh. leagues but you know espn was kind of a sketchy business model to begin with they were having a lot of trouble they were taking on a lot of water and the only thing keeping them on was like you know their nfl contract and they spent a lot of money on licensing and stuff and i don't know if this helps them or hurts them probably hurts them of course long term i mean espn may be another i was watching some video of you know what are going to be the casualties what businesses are going to be casualties of this whole thing and there's some obvious like the cruise industry nobody's going to go on a cruise ship anytime soon right uh, and and I've been on cruises and I've enjoyed cruises. They're tremendously expensive. They were always kind of sketchy with this kind of stuff. Now, forget it. It's done. 
Um, yeah, until this thing is there's a vaccine for this thing, they're not gonna. Yeah, but even then, I think it's gonna be. I think people are gonna be hesitant to get on one, even if you had a vaccine for this particular one, because people were getting sick all the time before anyway. It's one that's. This is one that's gonna. And and they need lots. They you know they run on razor thin margins. They got to keep those boats full and moving all the time, right? Oh, that's why. Well, and that's why if you wait, you, you can if you play your. Are you gonna get right, deals? You can, sure, you get some deals. I mean, yeah. even even back when we were on our cruise, I mean, there were people who were, you know, there were people who waited until the absolute last minute. You may not get the room you want, right. but you can get on the boat with some perks for a pretty good price. Yeah, they're going to be deals. It's better to have you on the boat than to have the room be empty. Right. Absolutely. Because you probably, you not necessarily, you probably will spend some money with them, whether it's on an right. excursion or on alcohol or something like that. Right. No, it, it, it's built. It's it's a very, you know, um, and and resort places like you'll get some great deals to Vegas when they, when we're allowed to go. I mean, let's be honest. People would go now if they could because they would get a huge deal. I mean, the only reason people aren't going, you know, people would risk getting this disease for a dirt cheap vacation to, to Las Vegas and have it to themselves. I mean, come on. We know that. Um. So, so that, you know, they'll start to come back, but it won't be the same. I, I mean, so I think Las Vegas will survive. The, the airlines are going to have to be bailed out, which they will be, because we can't not have an airline system. But cruise ships are going to be tough. A lot of, lot, of, lot of restaurant chains that were kind of probably marginal anywhere are going to be gone. Logan's Roadhouse. I don't know if you're familiar with Logan's Roadhouse. You probably saw them on your trip to Texas and to Vicksburg and all those other places. Right. Uh, they're go- they, they went under. They, they, they closed up shop. Waffle House already taking a huge, huge hit, and that's one they are. They survive hurricanes, but they can't survive this, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of Las Vegas, malls, two stories. malls, which are already going out there. Yeah, malls didn't really need any help to be. Yeah, to be on the. That, that's another thing. The people were kind of marginalized, and and businesses are kind of marginalized. This is going to push them right over the edge. Absolutely. So let's talk about Las Vegas in two different ways. One, football related. Okay. Um, the NFL draft is ne- is two weeks from now. Apparently, right. it's going to be all virtual, right. and at least one team, the Ravens, is talking about um, talking about security concerns with with how this is all going to work out, which is interesting. Um, secondly, the Someone's executive have a camera in their war room get all their secret picks. The uh, secondly, the executive of Santa Clara County, California, which is where the the Forty ers play. Right. Where the Raiders could have played if they had agreed to do play there, um, right? Cheers. Has said that, has said there's not going to be football before Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can we say that? I I hope that's not the case. California, by the way, they've been shut down, but they haven't been hard hit. As big as that state is, as much population with all the homeless people and all that stuff, that should have been that should have been one of the worst parts of the country. Now, the argument is that they shut down early enough to stop. Well, it, but I, I mean, I give credit where credit's due. We'll see if the, if that's the case. I mean, um, I'm not a Gavin Newsom fan, but if that's what it, if that's what it was, then, you know, I think they're also more spread out than New York is. That's part of oh, it. Too. New oh, York. The entire state of, yeah. Have you been you've never been to California? Have you? I have. I have. What yeah. parts of California? Uh, I've been to San Francisco. I've been to NorCal. OK, see, I've been to. In NorCal, I've been to Southern SoCal. I've been to Orange, San Diego, but I've all 
but I've also been to the Mojave Desert. Right, right, right. I understand that the, yeah. the eastern part of the city. But I was like, even in even in a city like Los Angeles, it's more spread out than New York is. Yes, so if you shelter you if you shelter in place yeah. in Los Angeles, people are spread out much more than they are in New York. People are just crawling all over each other all the time. They can't help yeah. it. So, yeah, that's why I'll never. One of the many reasons why I'll never live in New York City. New York's a nice place to visit, but you would, God, you'd never want to live there. I went there. Wasn't that great? Um, they can have it, man. That's where the the terrorists go. Too. That's where aliens go. That's where all the big monsters hit first. <laughs> okay. You can have it. Um, the other thing, too, is the fact that uh, for about 15 minutes yesterday, okay, you were able to legally gamble on the presidential election. Did you see this? I heard you talk about it, yeah. Yeah, so you could, uh, for 15 minutes yesterday, West Virginia legalized gambling on the um, on the presidential election. And just to tell you how much of a weird-ass state West Virginia is, okay. the governor of West Virginia... Jim Justice. Former Democrat, became a Trump guy, like a lot of... Trump they're all guys. Trump guys, and they're very Democrat over there, yeah. Um. He's told the lottery director who runs the casinos, you are not allowed to do this. The lottery director did it anyway. And the one casino that was willing to do it was the casino at the Greenbrier Hotel, which is owned by the governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice. Yeah. And (laughs) just it's. (laughs) Yeah, Ed. This weird circle of life. Man. You're it's not like, familiar with West Virginia. I'm a member of the West Virginia Bar, as you know. Oh, are you now? That's kind of bar for the course. I mean, literally, we're talking about Greenbrier with the golf course. Yeah. That's, that's... And the bunker. Have you ever been to the bunker? Been to the bunker? I, I haven't. I haven't had the pleasure. I'd, lo- I'd love to go. Yeah. I, I got to go to the Deepen Bunker in Canada, but I did not uh, have not been to the Hey, by bunker. the way, if you're a prepper and you had your bug out bag, you're loving this now, right? Aren't you? You're you're saying I told you this was coming. Actually, you'll be disappointed because it won't be the end of the world. But Did you ever watch? You were the show ready. Doomsday? You were ready. Did you ever watch the show Doomsday sure. Preppers? Sure. That yeah, they were. Some of them were ready for this. Some of them not so much. But yeah, you gotta love people who are cheering for the end of the world. I love I love the family who didn't look like they had a lot of extra money, but still managed to gather up a little money they had and went and bought gold coins. Salad, you are ready. You are because ready. we all know that at the end of the world, gold is going to be the thing. That well, it's the only thing that can. Mean. The mo- money won't mean anything, right? But I know I don't. We could have a whole there. conversation about right. that that nobody wants to listen to. Um, so yeah, what you been watching? Uh, they, I've been watching Community. If you never watched Community, it's all on Netflix now. The the Dan Harmon series starring Joel McHale at Al. Um, it's great. I never, I was never really into. I caught it a couple times. I'm a big fan of Dan Harmon, who had a great podcast that ended about a year ago that I enjoyed. Um, and I, I'm that's what I've been watching a lot. I've also been watching because I never got into it before, but now I'm watching it on Hulu. Uh, Mayans MC. Ah, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's crazy. Okay. They're all over. It's pretty good. I like Sons of Anarchy, but Sons of Anarchy got stupid at the end because <laughs> they tried to do too much. This one, they started right away with it really sprawled out and a lot of complex things going on. So there's always there's plenty of things to build intention the whole way through. 
So they don't have to get comic booky two, three seasons out. They can, if anything, they can kind of come in a little bit and focus it a little more and resolve some right. things. So that was that's smart. So I've been watching that too. Okay. Um, it was WrestleMania weekend at our house, so there was a lot of wrestling going on. Um, uh huh. I don't even know how to explain this to a non wrestling person. Don't. So. It's not necessary. Please don't. Well, let's put it this way. The Undertaker-AJ Styles match, which is the main event of the Saturday night portion of WrestleMania, uh-huh. 98% of the internet loved it. Okay. It was very um, filmy. Like, it was very Cinematic. action. Like an, it was like an action movie. Yeah. It was filmed differently. The Undertaker okay. showed up as Biker Taker gimmick. There was Metallica playing. Right. Like, music, not the band. The band was not there. I, I heard. I actually, the one thing I do know about it was that the Undertaker came into Metallica. That yeah. One thing. What song was it? I don't remember. I think it was one of the newer ones. I didn't recognize it. Okay. Um. But it was very gimmicky. It was very cinematic, and it was very unrealistic, even for wrestling. If that makes sense. Fair um. And not unrealistic because on Sunday was the Firefly Funhouse match, which was actually just a complete. What about? Acid- what a, let, let me ask you because this will be helpful. Uh, you, you're talking about you're having difficulties um, um, suspending disbelief, as I assume what you're getting at. So, what aspect of it took you out of the moment? That it, it wasn't was so necessarily over the time? that I to suspend disbelief. It's the fact that I watch, I watch it for certain things, like the in-ring action and the stories. But this was more. This was closer to a Vin Diesel movie. Where okay. you've got druids and you've got flames and you've got people teleporting and you've got I'm sorry. Tele- yeah, I'm teleporting. Sorry. The Undertaker teleported. That could have that could have been part of your problem, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's not like Wait, the Firefly what? Funhouse match, which was designed to be an acid trip. Okay. That at least took me took you out of it immediately. Right. And it was very nostalgic and I marked out for a few different things and I loved that. But this other thing was just not, not my scene. It was it was a weird show because you didn't have the crowd. You didn't. WrestleMania is in front of seventy five thousand people. It's the biggest wrestling event in the world. And you talk about the economy, by the way. Right. Um, WrestleMania week is a lot like Super Bowl week, where Uh the entire wrestling industry descends on the city. Okay. So like Ring of Honor has a show there. WrestleCon's there. Yeah, it's a it's a all it's, the yeah. all okay. of like the indie promotions base a I lot gotcha. of them like base their yearly budgets on getting a big gate during WrestleMania week. Understood. So they all lost out too. Gotcha. Um more so than even even WWE did. Um I mean obviously they lost out. I mean and they're already they can't go back to Tampa next year. They're already booked to go to the new the new football stadium in Los Angeles next year, assuming we're allowed to have nice things then. Um you know, but though some of the matches were good, some of the matches stunk, which is kind of normal for a WrestleMania, but it's just hard getting ginned up. I, I think I've reached my breaking point to an extent with wrestling before an empty building. Okay. Wow. I mean, at some point you just run out of shit to do. Wow. And it just kind of all starts to run together. Part of the problem is the fact that like Monday Night Raw was a lot of recap stuff. Okay. Um, like tonight's NXT, I know the big Johnny Gargano, okay. Tommaso we're, Ciampa match. We're, we're getting is, to the limit here. It's there. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, what's that? <laughs> we're getting to the limit. You're going to need to do your own podcast in about another three minutes. I'm indulging you at this point. 
But, I mean, we haven't tried to cut, quite figured out what else we're going to watch. Obviously, you know, Easter stuff is going to kind of take precedence this weekend. So we might start getting into something uh, next week. Do you week. watch? Do you? I, I try to if it's around. I, I, I don't own it. But if Passion of the Christ is on around this time, I'll watch. I'll give it a look. I've never seen it. Um, You've never seen it? No. Okay. It's we good, might watch it's good, it. It's a good movie. Because the only other thing I'm really kind of into the idea of watching, other than maybe starting to pick up Tiger King, is um, you got to watch I, Tiger King, man. You I know Death of Stalin is now on Netflix. And oh, I, is it? Says that, that is hilarious. Death of Stalin's yeah. on Netflix. No, no yeah. that, that's a solid reco. I'm going to check that out. I haven't seen it, but I, I heard, heard it's funny. No, I I didn't know it was on Netflix. Everybody who has ta- who has talked to me about it says it's not good. It's great. I, I I've so, heard that as well. Well, it's yeah. on Netflix. So what the hell? Even if it's even if it's mediocre, it's still worth watching. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So that's on my that's on my list. Is to solid, watch solid recos. Death of Stalin. Yeah. There. So. On that. By the way, plenty of Shakespeare on Amazon Prime. I know you have Amazon Prime, so there'll be plenty of you know. Richard what's the your favorite Shakespeare? What's your favorite Shakespeare movie? Fa- oh, that's a great one. Um, Ian McClellan did a great Richard the Third. Mm. Which I, I love that. Recommend. I love that. That's great. Kind of set in the 30s, kind of fascistic yeah. kind of thing. Uh, Richard III, it is, he does such a great performance. Richard III is such a great uh, Shakespeare play. Love that. There's a million Hamlets. Hamlet gets Hamlet gets old. It's It's been redone so many times. Go into the stuff. Um, uh, uh, John Luke Picard, who plays him. Um Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart does a fantastic kind of over the top kind of horror movie almost. Um, Macbeth, which is a lot of fun, another kind of militaristic kind of thing uh, with that. So um, those are my fun. Um, you know, Henry V. Uh, either which the one? Ca- either Branagh's? Branagh is great, but even if you go back to um, uh, why am I blanking on the name? I'm, I'm get it's too late now. Um, the classic one with uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a classic one as well. So those are, those are great. But my number one go to, and and by the way, if you're looking for something a little different and you want to really throw people curveball, if I ever go on JB's Drive-In Podcast, this is the movie that they have to watch to have me on the show. Which one? It is. It is. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the name now. Um, <laughs> God, so late. Um, this is great. I don't. <laughs> I, the greatest I, movie of all time. No, it's it the uh, Shakespeare. It's not. I, it's not my number one, but it's different because it's a, it's a horror movie. It it works totally as a horror movie. There's lots of nudity. There's a fantastic cast. Oh no wonder in it. Like it. Um, it is. Shoot, somebody's yelling at me. I'm sure somebody's listening to this um, yelling at me. Um, shit. So if you tell Braswell it's got all that stuff, he'll probably do. Well, that's that would be the sell to him to him and Paul. Would be okay. It's a horror movie. Tons of nudity. Tons of gory violence. It's a revenge flick from the '90s. Okay. Let's go. By the way, has an amazing cast. Is that Othello? It's not Othello. It's it's a it's it's a lesser known one. Oh man, why am I blanking on the name now? I don't know. It's like um, I'm getting it confused with Marius, which is a different movie. Which I also like, which is not, which is not this. Um, you know what? I'm just my brain just give is up. my brain give is up. goo. Yeah, but I will say my the two my two favorites are it's, the McKellen's. It's, it's Titus, okay, based on the play Titus Andronicus, um, starring uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. Now it's coming back, Sir, Sir okay. Anthony Hopkins. 
is in it. It is fantastic. It okay. is fantastic. If if you and it's perfect for Jimmy and Paul because they'll say they hate Shakespeare, and this would be the perfect movie for them to watch. It it clicks, it ticks off all the all the checks for them. But it's still Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah, I'd say my favorite two are the McKellens, Richard III, and Branagh's Henry V. That's those that's are my solid. Two. Those are great. Yeah. Those are great that's films. And Absolutely. I'm not a big Shakespeare movie fan. Um, I have a lot of problems with the uh, with Macbeth, which actually relates to high school theater group, which I'm not going to get into right now. Um, what what role did Kipke have in Macbeth? Kipke was not in that one. The problem uh-huh. is, I was I had move this way. I had a blood feud with the adult who came in and was running it. Oh, I see. Okay. That guy was a dick and had no idea what he was doing. And okay. me, 17 year old senior, had more idea what was going on than he did. Gotcha. Yeah, shocker. I know. Um anyway, this this ship is way off course, and we should probably Titus, bring it into port. Titus, Thur- Sir Anthony Hopkins. Check it out. Great movie. Okay. All right. Thank you everybody for watching and for listening, especially if you made it to this part of the show. Um we appreciate you. We appreciate all of our patrons who make this show possible. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Tim and Corinne and Greg and Jimmy um, and Eric and uh, Al Redmer and also uh, Joshua, our brand new super yeah, patron. Josh, man, wow, your, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your contributions. We we salute you. Um, join us next week. We are back on our regular night next Thursday night. Thursday we'll be night. doing the results of the Red Maryland April poll, which will give us plenty of, I'm sure, comic gold to talk about in the second half of the show. Um, stay tuned to redmaryland.com for all things Red Maryland. I got a new post up there. I got another couple, maybe another one in the works um, going forward. Greg will be on WGMD Thursday morning, his regular I Thursday will. slot, 7.50 a.m., where I'm sure he'll no be talking. no idea what we're going to talk about. I, I have, a, have a feeling you'll be talking about talking about a few of these things. Um, subscribe if you're not already a subscriber. All the places you get podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever. Um, follow us on social media, facebook.com slash redmaryland, Instagram at redmaryland, Twitter at redmaryland. Please share this with your friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, coworkers, co-religious, in-laws, and outlaws. Look, they got the time to watch and learn something. They got the time to read, okay? Drop it on next door, and you'll learn all sorts of things about your neighbors, okay? Please share. You are the force multiplier. Thank you for everything you do. If you have any questions, hello. Ignore Red, Redmaryland at gmail.com is the email address, or you can call or text the Red Maryland Talkback line, 410-205-4875. What's that number? Now, press 1. 410 uh, and we will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network Since it appears you're program. calling back into a live show, we are reconnecting you now. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, folks. And why not, right? Yes, I love technology. Did it really take that long to reconnect? No, I just was not connected. I'm going to upload the podcast that oh, we're recording. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be a so. different experience than if you're watching the video. But if you were listening it, live on Blog Talk, you're, you thought we were done an hour ago. Yeah, and that's not the first time. No. And one day I will look back on this and never miss Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, <sighs> Greg, any final thoughts? Uh, hang it. Hey, bye, folks, here are my final thoughts. 
we're all in this together and we're going to get through it. And as somebody I know once said, hang in there. We will. No, no, that's no, 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 no. Let's get, you didn't say it. The propaganda of today is we're all in this together. We're going to get through it. The, the line, the hang in there, we will get there. No, no. That actually means something. No, oh, fair. Sorry. I want the empty propaganda that we're getting from, you know, we, we've always been at war with Eurasia. So hang in. <laughs> this, we're all this in this went, together. This went a direction. We're all in this together, and we're going to get through it. Are there two emptier statements in the world than that? That 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 mean that's not. Of course, we're all in it together, and of course, we'll get through it. You know, the folks who or lived in not, the folks who lived in Nagasaki got through it. You know, it's like saying the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Well, of course, it's going to come up tomorrow. That's not really. That's not really in doubt. Did you really just yeah. do that? Wow, yeah, they, they're 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 empty. They're empty things. Okay, we don't need we don't need slogans. We need good, solid, well thought out, data driven public policy. Give me David that. Lublin's going to write a blog post about well, you. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody. Let him listen get, to him let on, him, the, on let him get you quoted listen to him on that Post podcast the today. He, he sounds like I expected him to sound. No, I didn't listen to him. Yeah, I did. It's I fun they'll have him on, but they won't have me on. That's cool. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Whatever. When he gets quoted in the New York Times and the Washington Post, then he can. For all the good that did you. Oh, it did me no good. None of this does me any good. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> uh, done. It's done. funny because I Let's know go. what he's talking about. Yeah. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening and watching. I, for for Greg, I am Brian. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Oh, radio. Oh.